Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our informational playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are nonprofit. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to us. We are coming to you live from the Voice America Network on the Empowerment Channel. We strive to seed, stimulate, support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And we want you to, instead of waiting for something to happen, create it and make it happen. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, a top nonprofit for five years in a row honored by Guide Star. We are looking for donations for our Trick or Treat for Literacy campaign to give books to children in Children's Hospital. So make a donation today at btsya.org. And this is from Marianne Williamson. The reason we want to become a star is that we're not starring in our own life. So this is the message of be the star you are. We want you to star in your own life. And then you'll just automatically be a star. And again, check out our Trick or Treat for Literacy campaign at um, btsya.com. Just click on the homepage and you will see it. Well, in today's show, we have a very fun show for you today. We're going to be talking about a few things. Uh, In our second segment, I'm going to talk to you about self-talk and how you can change that lifelong recording that might be negative. Maybe it's time to change the tapes and turn your negatives into positives because we need to have a powerful dialogue if we want to be a powerful person. 
We're also going to talk about what it means to live with integrity, how you can find out how to walk your talk, tap into your inner honesty, and live with a code of values. And then now coming right up, Heather and I are going to be discussing a phenomenal tour that we made recently to Huntington Gardens in Pasadena. And we want to talk to you about not only the beauty of gardens, but the healing powers of nature, as well as the history of this public oasis. And then Heather and and, uh, Health Matters is going to give you a little bit uh, more information about how cognitive ability decreases around the age of 24, and we're going to help you fight that fade of brainy ideas. So if you think you're experiencing senior moments, you know, it happens to all of us, but we have a bunch of tips that on how you can prevent it. So sit back, grab your cup of tea, and relax, and welcome to Star Style. Well, Heather, I just want to start with Huntington Gardens. Oh, my wow. What I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Now, Heather and her husband, Brian, are the ones that had introduced me to Huntington Gardens, and everybody knows who listens to this show that not only am I a garden writer, but I'm a major gardener, and I love botanical gardens. And they've been trying to get me to go there for a couple of years, and it finally happened last weekend. So what do you think was that? We'll give a little bit of history, but what's the highlight to you? I mean, it is called the Huntington Library art collection, and botanical gardens. So we don't want to leave out the beautiful homes and the manuscripts and the art. I mean, and I understand it's worth billions and billions of dollars. But oh, my gosh. Well, the, the place on its own, it truly is, I mean, it's, gosh, of how many acres um, it is. It's a, whole, it's a whole day of excitement and fun. It's a really great thing. It's 120 I mean, it's a acres. a private nonprofit institution. So, unfortunately, there is cost to get in, and it is slightly steep, it feels, that um, it's about $23 for adults, 15 for children. I think it may be free for under five. Um, but you can uh, have a yearly subscription, which means you get free, unlimited access, um, which I believe is only about $100. And all of that money goes directly back in um, to the grounds for everything that it functions for. And if no one's ever been, um, the basing of who Huntington was, um, Hun- Henry E. Huntington, um, he was a mogul in many things, especially known for the railroad. Um, but when they took over this property, um, I'm sure it's become even more elaborate since uh, him and his wife's passing. But um, there are buildings that are whole museums filled, as you said, with billions of dollars of worth this ancient, um, you know, sculptures and paintings. And I know we have the backstory with things, but just how how someone can become such an exquisite collector of these things, it kind of makes you think of if there's anything in your house that you might think, you know, was nothing, and now that it's, you know, some amazing, you know, piece of history possibly one day. Um, and then there's all these amazing gardens. Um, I mean, just the botanical spectacular of it. Of the, and I know you especially love it because there's all the, the Latin names and the real names and just every kind of species. And the, the ground is spread out almost as if you were traveling the world. And that there's uh, you know, right. an English side, 
a desert side, a Japanese garden, a Chinese garden, I mean, and everything uh, really, you know, the land and fits its own habitat. They even have these organic, these greenhouses um, to show the different forms of nature that come, um, you know, from via the rainforest or the desert. I, I think it's a spectacular thing. I mean, as an adult, we enjoyed it so much, but I think it's a wonderful um, learning thing, especially for children, to expose them to not only to artwork, to history, but to all the different things and of, of life and the plants. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. I know for you, especially being a garden, gardener, um, it probably was just blew your mind with all the spectacular. It made your, it made your garden seem quite small compared to oh, this. Oh, it totally did. Well, you know what people need to know about the Huntington Gardens is the garden alone is 120 acres. So if you can imagine 120 acres of beauty, and as Heather was just saying, I think what makes it so remarkable is the way that it was divided into... Uh, gardens of the world. There, there is an Australian garden, a tropical garden, a desert garden, uh, a subtropical garden, a palm garden, Chinese garden, Japanese garden, um, children's garden. And that was what was really fun. So it was um, Henry and Ella Huntington who designed it. Now, Henry Huntington, he was extremely wise. He was called a visionary. And all you have to do is walk through this place and you see that because you actually do get to go through what was their original home and uh, get to visit the big, the library and their living quarters. I mean, it's huge and absolutely beautifully designed and and just lots of uh, wonderful treatments inside. And what I thought was so great was that there were views from every single window but the garden that most impressed me and it's not that I'm even that excited about um, you know succulents and desert plants but their desert garden was absolutely the most spectacular desert garden that I have ever ever witnessed did you have a, a oh my god garden? so so gorgeous and I just you know, you can't get over of just, I mean, some of these cactuses, these things that just looked horrifying if you were to fall into them. Yes. Um, I think for me overall, what I loved about the gardens and especially um, how everything's so separated um, is it really, you really get to see sort of the function, the each living function and purpose of each thing. And, and especially what I mean, kind of getting back to the desert things is I love that these plants within the desert that, you know, they're succulents, they don't need water, that they really, they survive on very little water. Um, but they have, you know, their own protective system. Um, and as well as that, you know, other plants or other birds and, you know, uh, uh, bugs come in, that everything's sort of living off each other. And they're all, that's a symbiotic. Trees. Yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship. And I remember we walked, I guess it was the Australian garden, there was these beautiful, trees that you couldn't believe the, these vines, the roots of the tree. That was one thing I was really impressed by overall, is just these roots, these trunks of trees that almost had this Medusa sense of it, that they, you know, they would be a tree and then, the, you know, the, um, the roots would go out, you know, you know, 20 feet and wrap around other things and just, it was, you know, just amazing. It just made you feel so small. And one well, thing and I love too. The other thing I, I think that was so so great. I mean, especially for California, that 
we're in a drought right now and to be a garden lover and then to be able to go through these areas and see these drought tolerant delights I think that it, that was inspiring and despite that the whole property is like 207 acres and then the gardens alone are 120 I never felt like um, it was crowded even though we were there on a gorgeous day on a Sunday did you did you feel I just felt like we almost had the gardens to ourselves oh and I yeah, forgot well, to talk about you know I the feel rose like garden. it's such a a big area that I mean it, I think there would have to be millions of people um, for it to feel busy I mean the, the busiest thing felt probably was when we were in the tea room um, which we'll talk to you about in a second but that's a small area I think maximum I think it only fits maybe 50 people and you know that's something that you have to have a reservation for because they you know it's uh, booked up for weeks so that was the only place, the only moment where I felt like, wow, there's a lot of people here today, and it's just a random Sunday. But that's because everyone was combined to one small little room. When you're walking around the gardens, um, not at all you don't feel like it's, it's crowded. I mean, you see, you see people, but um, very few, it's very spread out. You never feel like, you know, people, you're, you're walking into someone else's conversation or vice versa. And, well, and, and also... I mean, I, I wanted to talk about, because you hit on the fact that there was a children's garden, and there's also this amazing conservatory for the botanical sciences, and what I loved about that, there's several different, like they're like glass houses, right? And they have these hands-on opportunities for both children and adults to explore the botanical sciences. So you can lift, you know, you can lift a um, kind of a, what would it be, a lid, and you can see the carrots growing. You can actually see the roots of plants. You can, you, they do, they have like a fast motion development of uh, an orchid blooming. I thought that was fascinating. And then the children's garden itself, all these places you could explore. And that to me was so great to introduce children to the natural world. And you, you can't help but feel healthy there. And then speaking about the tea garden, the rose tea room, which was so delightful, there is also a Chinese tea room. So you could sit out on the terrace overlooking the koi ponds and the lily ponds, and you could have Chinese tea. So they have all these benches in different places, and you you, you feel really good there, don't you? Didn't your body, mind, and spirit just be elevated? Oh, every, I, I just the whole garden in general, and that's, you know, something... I feel that's just good for your overall health and for, you know, for mind and body um, is being outside in nature. All of those natural, the antioxidants, those plants, I mean, you know, they say just having a plant in your house is healthy for you. And the air, I mean, being, this, you know, technically is in Los Angeles County and it did not feel like it there. You know, you felt like you're out in the gardens. It felt fresh. And, and nice and not crowded and not you know, created. It, it looks seems so well groomed and just so fragrant and and just lovely. It was so wonderful. And a thing that I thought was so fun. I don't know if it's just something there, but they have this spectacular rose garden. And I think similar to how you can buy a star 
um, for a couple hundred dollars. I think you can buy a rose. I don't know how it quite works, but that you can have a name, a rose named after you or, you know, a name of your picking. And there was all these roses, I guess all these hybrids that just had some of the most hilarious names, as well as they were named after movie stars, which these, I mean, you being better of the gardener, I hadn't heard of these roses, so I'm, I don't know if it's just something there or if that's something like all over you know they no, you can buy, buy those it. roses you can buy those roses and you know as I was saying to you when we were at the gardens and I actually did an article about this at a couple of years ago and I actually talked about it on the radio show is that there is the um, American Rose Selection um, company and you can actually I don't know how much it is today but it's maybe eight thousand dollars something like that so if you Whoa. have a lot of money if you have a lot of money and you want a rose hybrid, if you want a rose to be created, I mean, it would be a rose that would be unique and literally bred specifically for you, for the, your name or for uh, your company, you can have that done. And that's what all, and a lot of times, uh, many people have bought those and they buy them for gifts, you know, for loved ones and for princes and all of that. But also... Um, the lot of the rose selection and the rose breeders, they tend to name roses after people they like. So, for example, in my garden here, I have a Dolly Parton rose. And it is absolutely, <laughs> it's hysterically, I mean, I had to buy it, a Dolly Parton. I mean, give me a break. I love Dolly Parton. It's a, it's a deep, deep red, really, really flamboyant rose and very fragrant. I love it. I have a Princess of Monaco, which was named after Princess Grace in the garden. Um, um, a lot of people have Abraham Lincoln. That's a, you know, it's a, a very famous rose. I also have a John F. Kennedy rose. Um, I have a Queen Anne rose. So, you know, there's a lots of, there's a lot of them that are named after that. But anyway, I want to just segue from this. It was a wonderful experience being at Huntington Gardens and the library and seeing the art. I mean, it's really a full day of just very heartwarming, healthy entertainment for the entire family and you can go to huntington.org if you want more information and to see hours and uh, times and they do have some free days I think once a month maybe in the middle of the week for a couple of hours I'm not sure what that is but you can check that out but um, now just second into health I wanted just to kind of touch on something because so many of us, you know, and myself included, you know, we're starting to talk about something and then we lose our train of thought. And research has shown that people's reaction time and cognitive abilities start to slow at age 24 and then they decline about 15%. Every 15 years after that, that seems like so much. And I never thought about my brain declining at 24. I mean, that seems like it was just starting. So I thought, Heather, that we could maybe just give a couple of tips on how we can keep our brains alive besides going into the garden, smelling the roses, and just taking time for yourself, which, as everybody knows, is very healthy and good for your mind. So what would you suggest? Just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) No, but what I'm saying here is so exactly. There's so many things about being outside. We were saying that, uh, you know, good for your fresh oxygen. That's one of the things why people pass out, why people have brain damage for things. Uh, You know, they go under surgeries or they had a drowning incident. It's because of lack of oxygen to your brain. You need that oxygen, and it it kills brain cells that can never be replaced. 
Um, so kind of just getting into things of changing, changing the way we think about keeping um, cognitive. One, um, a lot of times people, I know my husband is one of those that is always, you know, playing, uh, doing uh, crossword puzzles or this, you know, name friends with words or whatever that game is. I don't know. I don't play those things. But um, the whole thing is, you know, keeping your brain active, being with that. And studies have actually showed that having an engaging conversation is more mentally stimulating, meaning it's going to help your brain um, more than these brain games. So it's not to say stop doing these, but a lot of times, um, you know, and this kind of gets just back to, in general, people being socialized. Um, people are so involved now, you know, either in a book or now I think even less and less, even in schools now, children are using um, iPads and stuff to do their work, to do their studies. So we're, we have always have, you know, one hand on the screen and two eyes on the screen, and we're not really conversating anymore. Um, and so things have shown that, you know, just having conversations with people, it makes you think. When people, especially, um, I love having fascinating, and not to say a debate, but when people challenge me in things, when people give me, you know, things to think about, um, that's what gets your, your brain going. And as well as that creates social relationships, this social interaction. Um, you know, we see a lot of that in today that people are losing certain social skills because so much that you can just do online that you're not having those conversations. Um, another thing, especially with me being a health person, I'm always saying, you know, your whole body um, every, you know, a workout is a whole body thing and, you know, there isn't just workouts for your brain of, of, um, you know, uh, you know, playing these games. Also, it's the physical aspect. And new studies have shown any physical activity is good for your body. But every few months of starting a new, possibly a new thing, because what happens is your brain, when you take on a new thing, saying, okay, I'm gonna start bar method, maybe. If you've never done it before, when you take those classes, um, saying that you just said you like it, your brain kind of goes through this thing of wanting to learn it. Okay, how do I do this? Is, you know, and I know for many things when I first started, you know, starting to do yoga, starting to do bar method, it was really challenging at first. And thinking of, of someone, you know, who comes from working out, starting something totally new, you know, your, your body's trying to learn these things. Your mind is having to think of it and remember them. And I know just now as a teacher, there are certain things I feel I remember and other things I'm still constantly learning it, but also wanting to crave that new stuff of new learning, staying engaged. And that's actually one little side thing why I love doing Bar Method is we always try to make every class a different, same kind of setup, but different with that. So well, that's you work really hard at exercise. that. You Any kind of exercise that, right? is good for you. Um, but trying to, you know, try something new or even revisiting things. I know things that I thought I knew how to do or used to be good at, trying them again after a long time kind of proves to me that, you know, you kind of need to start over. You need those refresher classes. Um, another thing, too, of just tying, you know, spirituality, and I don't mean that in um, a church sense, of Finding that quiet time for you, meditating, visualizing things, that's good for your brain. Um, one thing we talk about in class two is if you visualize the muscle that you're trying to work, if you're doing abs and we're saying, you know, think about your abs, that your body actually responds to that better. When you visualize, when you think about what muscle you're trying to do rather than filling your brain with something else. So taking those times out of the day, I know a lot of times we live in this rat race world and it's so hard, I know for me too, of you know, just finding a moment of quietness, a moment of still to just be present, to just, you know, collect my thoughts, to just think. And I feel like whenever I do, I feel really refreshed. But getting to that point, allowing myself to just stop and take a few moments is really difficult. 
So that's the first thing. I think thing it's difficult kind of, for everyone, Heather, and that's such a good point, too. And, and to change up the routines, I think that's really important as well because uh, you know, we don't want to get stagnant. Completely, completely. And that's, you know, the thing, we need constant challenge or otherwise things just become repetitive and we're, we lose our interest with things. So it's, you know, just when it comes to with, with meals or anything or, or friends or people, you need to have that variety in your life. You need, you know, to have your favorites but mix things up so that you don't become bored with things. And, and actually that kind of leads me into my last thing of keeping is your overall diet. Um, and that, you know, we've talked about before with omega fatty threes and um, antioxidants. Well, chronic inflammation, and I know that that affects within my whole body. Chronic inflammation, so think, you know, a swelling, almost a fattiness, um, that's going to allow you not to think correctly. And same thing when it comes to your body. There's times, even in my ripe old age of 30, um, I've begun to have a lot of inflammation with things that I can feel it, and especially when I've eaten poorly, how my body becomes inflamed, especially sodium. My joints hurt, my knees, my feet, um, and I just feel overall gross. So I actually started taking now um, milk thistle, which I've talked about before, which milk thistle helps digest in your um, breakdown within your liver, and it helps with inflammation. And I have to say, since starting to take it, I feel so much better, I've, and I take two supplements about a day. But overall, too, just in your food. You could also um, make thistle tea, you know. I mean, if you have those thistles that grow in your garden and you pull them out as weeds, that's what milk thistle is. And you could make a tea and you'd feel great too. Awesome. Well, <laughs> See, getting back to our gardening. Chia, chia seeds, walnuts, salmon, just trying to get things, with again, with those high omega fatty threes. But if you have any dietary issues regarding those things, um, if you can't have the actual thing, then take a supplement as well. Stock with your doctor thing, I have to say. Um, inflammation, you know, you definitely know when your joints in your body and, and if your brain is inflamed, things are not functioning correctly and it really is hindering. So try, you know, this is the only thing you truly own is your body. So take good care of it and you're especially take good care. Make those wise decisions with your brain to keep your brain healthy. So be active, you know, talk often, change your routine and eat healthy and you'll have a healthy, healthy and active life. Well, what a great segment. I mean, beginning with our tour of the Huntington Gardens and their 5,000 species. There's 60 landscape beds alone just in the cacti and succulent world of Huntington Garden. I just wanted to throw that in. So thank you, Heather, and thank you for introducing me to that. Thanks for all these tips on the research and how to keep our cognitive ability alive and vibrant. Again, talk therapy, refreshing your fitness routine, you know, uh, tapping into your spirituality, it's, I call it tapping the source, and uh, eating correctly, eating, you know, healthy foods. So give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to bethestarur.com as well as bethestarur.org. Thank you. And when we come back from break, we're going to just get a little bit about positive self-talk. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is the Voice America Network. We are live coming to you on the Empowerment Channel. Don't go away. We have lots more to come. Be 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are, light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Get your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in the light that shines. Well, thanks for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to you by Be the Star You Are 501c3 Charity. For more information about Star Style, visit Star dash style.com and to learn about be the star you are charity visit btsya.org or be the star you are.org so if you want to be more powerful in your relationships you really need to learn emotional control and learning to take charge of your emotions means that you can't be set off by somebody else you that control means control it means that you control your reactions. They don't control you. You've heard me say it before, you know, that in the acting world, all acting is just reacting. And it's not really what happens to you. It's how, what you, how you respond and how you react. So when you're faced with an emotional situation, self-control isn't always that easy. I mean, we all know that. And if you have a partner or a friend and they're doing something that is disrespectful or makes you upset, it's hard to respond thoughtfully and carefully rather than quickly and automatically. But it takes practice and you can do it. So what you want to do is you want to master self-control because it's very worthwhile. And it makes every moment of your life easier, especially after the fact when you have that Uh, What do you call it? You know, that regret thing is like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? So how do you do this? Using self-talk is one of the most powerful tools that you can use to learn emotional self-control. Now, all of us have this running mental dialogue, which most of the time, and for most of us, is negative or self-defeating. The good news is, is that you can choose to replace the negative monologue with something that's more positive. 
the brain tends to repeat familiar things over and over, going again and again and again, over established the neuron pathways. So when you repeat a mantra, an affirmation, or a choice over and over, it creates a new pathway. That's why you often hear if you give yourself some positive affirmations, you know, like, I'm a really good person. I am smart. I I care about people. If you do this often enough, you actually start to believe it. And then your self-talk feels natural and it supports you. But if you are naturally negative, you might be creating what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that saps your ability to choose your responses. So you have to learn to change it. you got to pay attention to your inner monologue. You have to pay attention to what you say to yourself about anything during the day, especially about mistakes or about your luck. I mean, I know somebody who says, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Well, guess what that person gets over and over again? Bad luck, bad luck, because that's what this person believes that he or she deserves is bad luck. If you think that you're a fool or that you're stupid, you are going to be stupid because you're going to change the neurons in your brain that are going to make that. So you have to change those to lift your spirits and your optimism. Positive, happy people do have an easier time in life. They bounce back from problems faster. And you too can be one of those people by changing the way you think. So you have to know yourself. If you love silence and tend to be quiet and you like quiet conversations and you don't like big parties, it could be a genetic trait. Your hearing, your nervous system might be more sensitive and this trait isn't going to be something that's going to go away. However, you can make the most of it and you can learn that creating plenty of quiet time in your life is going to make you a happy and calm person. On the other hand, if you're a big party animal and you're really social and you enjoy noise and excitement, you can also use that as an asset. So think about your thoughts because your thoughts affect your mood and that affects how you relate to yourself and that can either dampen or lift your spirits. The neuronal activity in the brain actually activates hormones and those are synonymous with feelings. So if you are constantly self-criticizing yourself, you're going to finally get what's the use attitude. It's going to lead to depression, aggression, crankiness. You're not going to be successful in your life or your relationships. Negative self-talk recreates stress. So you want to turn that around to be positive. So if you are somebody, for example, that needs a lot of silence. Now, most people listening to this radio show would not assume that I need a lot of silence because I'm talking all the time on this radio show. But the truth of the matter is, in order for me to be successful, I do need quiet time. I need a lot of downtime because... I'm a public speaker, I'm an actor, I'm in front of the public all the time, I'm always answering questions, I'm on the radio, I'm a founder of a charity, I have all these people under me, and people are always like, Cynthia, 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 Cynthia. But it's not that I thrive on that. What I thrive on is when I'm out in the garden. I thrive on listening to the sound of water. I thrive on silence. Other people in my life, they're more party animals. They would much prefer to have music all the time and to be constantly talking and constantly... And they don't need that downtime. So it's very important that you know who you are and know what you need and make sure to schedule that into your day every day. Now, you also have to have patience because in order to have emotional self-control, you have to be patient and calm to reduce and relieve your stress and your worry. So cultivating patience 
is really learning impulse control. It's an issue in self-control. You can learn how to do emotional maintenance and you can shake off stress. You can keep on track of what you want to do. You can let go of frustration when something's getting to you when you learn patience. It gives you more options. And by having patience, you take control of your ideas and you take control of your decisions. It's part of the growth process. It's part of the transformation of self-awareness and self-learning. Now, to acquire patience and learn not to act on impulse, but to change your thinking and attitude and reach out for support and encouragement, you need to know that it's going to take determination. And these are some steps that can help you learn patience. Number one is wait. Now, you've heard that old advice, before you respond to something, count to 10. You know, do it. Because that gives you a chance to give your best response, especially if you're angry. Count to 10. I know for me, when I'm angry or I really feel I have to write a letter that isn't the most flattering, I never send it until the next day. I need to sleep on it. And it's so amazing how the next day I either completely edit it, change it, or delete it. So you have to give yourself perspective. Put your impulses and desires in perspective. Is it going to be important an hour from now, 10 minutes from now? And you know what? Most of the time, it really isn't going to be. So then you have to understand yourself. If you're tempted to act or speak on impulse, understand that the impulse is normal, but you don't have to run by it. So reactions and impulses are normal, but it's how thoughtfully we act on them that counts. And you got to take a long view of things. If you react because someone upset you, like, you know, your friend hurt your feelings, you might just want to say like a little blessing for them. I mean, you know, everybody needs a little blessing. And it also makes you feel better. Or forgive them for that momentary indiscretion because maybe they really didn't mean it. Also, give yourself a break. If you act on impulse before thinking about something, acknowledge that you did it, and then forgive yourself and get back on track. You know, we say forgive, forget, forge ahead. It's it's kind of hard for me to forget, but I can forgive and I can forge ahead, and I believe that you can too. Also, consider the source. If you react to something, you should really consider the source before getting annoyed. You know, I think a good example of that is online, and uh, you know, if you ever have posted something online and somebody posts something that's really negative to whatever you have posted, a comment or something, you want to usually retort and explain yourself. And then they retort something negative and then somebody else retorts. Well, I think we have to realize the source. There are just people out there who their whole methodology in life is just to be adversarial. So, you know, forget about it. It's best not to interact with them. And then finally, remember to always celebrate your accomplishments and all the good times and everything that you do and what you intend to do. Keep your promises, work things out. And, you know, you have to reward yourself because reward yourself for being patient and reward yourself because that will increase your motivation to respond better to even more things. Now, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about how to walk your talk, how to tap into your inner truth to live every day with integrity. This is something that is really important to me. I was named the Woman of Integrity by the My Voice Foundation a couple years ago because it's something that I live by. And without integrity, I don't think that we have anything going for us in line. So stay with me. I will be right back 
You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Network. You are on the Empowerment Channel. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to turn your dreams into reality? There are about 10 traits of successful people. First of all, your mindset is everything, as I was talking about. Be positive, think success, not failure, and be aware of any negative environment. Second, decide upon your your true dreams and goals. Write down your specific goals and develop a plan to reach them. Third, take action. Goals are nothing without action. Don't be afraid to get started. Just do it. Never stop learning. Go back to school, read books, get training, acquire school uh, skills, and go to seminars. Be persistent and work hard. Success is a marathon, not a sprint, so never give up. Learn to analyze the details. Get all the facts, all the input. Learn from your mistakes. Focus your time and your money. Don't let other people or things distract you from your goal. Don't be afraid to innovate. Be different. Following the herd is a sure way to mediocrity. Deal and communicate with people effectively. No person is an island, so learn to understand and motivate others to greatness. And finally, be honest and dependable. Take responsibility. If you don't, the other tips won't even matter. Remember, you're the star of your own production. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business fight. For more information, Call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that shines well what does it mean to have integrity Are you trustworthy? Are you walking your talk? Are you tapping into your inner honesty? Are you living with a code of values? I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves by Be the Star You Are, charity, a 501c3 dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Well, when we talk about integrity, it really depends on who you ask. When we say that someone has integrity, we usually mean that we can trust him or her to mean what she says, to be honest, not to be hypocritical. Now, the new the Webster Dictionary defines it as a firm way of being. It is an adherence to a code of moral or 
or values. It's a wholeness. It's a completeness. Now, Socrates used to tell his students, be what you want to seem. Now, I've always loved that, that he said that, because I've always told my students to act the way as is as if you already are. In other words, if you want to be an actor, be an actor. Don't become somebody. Be one. So it's much easier said than done, though. To live with integrity is to truly walk your talk. And it takes a special kind of courage. And at the heart of integrity is the strength to hold steady in what you believe is true, good, and beautiful, and even when it costs you. The courage of a person with integrity can be very public. And sometimes, you know, that can be very scary. It can also be lived out more quietly at home or at work. Most of us believe that we are people of integrity. But even when we're clear about our values, and not all of us are very clear at times, as I was actually talking about in the last segment, life often presents us challenges. And, you know, you could have an attraction to a friend's boyfriend or girlfriend. You could have a career opportunity when you've been already committed to another job. You could have a desire to be socially accepted. And you could be tempted into letting these things go. And popular culture and movies, you know, often reflect our confusion about what integrity looks like. Uh, I'm sure many of you have watched the TV series Scandal. And it definitely is a scandal where Olivia Pope, she breaks laws for the sake of her clients. And, you know, she rigged a presidential election. She has an affair with a married president. And those acts would seem to shake someone overall and not lead to integrity. And scandal, of course, is very over the top. Yet many of us navigate life choices by degrees of moral relativism in order to get what we want. But is that right? So just getting through the day, we often have to use personal integrity. And sometimes that personal integrity gets challenged. Suppose you're having coffee with someone that you want to impress and he asks if you read a certain book. Now, you might have read a review, but not the book. Do you say, yes, you've read the book? Or do you just tell the truth and say, well, I read a review. I haven't read the book yet. This is what I think based on the review. These are all personal choices. So, you know, so do you leave your phone number or do you drive away if you have hit somebody's car? Now, that's happened to me before um, where I had my car was was hit. I was actually sitting in my car, and the person who hit my car didn't see me because I was, like, slouched down, kind of taking a nap. And they just started to drive away, and I jumped out, and I jumped on their car and said, what are you doing? They were shocked. And it turned out, craziest of all crazies, guess who was behind the wheel of the car that was trying to be a hit and run? It was an attorney. <laughs> And he immediately, you know, said, well, I'm an attorney and you don't want to deal with me. And I was like, yes, I do. I will let my insurance do it. But obviously, he didn't have any integrity. He was going to just hit me and run. And that particular job, it ended up being an insurance thing, but it was several thousand dollars that of damage that he had done. So that, so to me, that was a, a real sign of how people try to escape, you know, their um, responsibility. It actually happened in the reverse to me one time in Lake Tahoe when my husband got slid on ice and actually ran into a truck. Just barely 
touched it, but there was a small dent. And he was like, what do I do? There's nobody around. I said, well, you leave a note. You have to write a note with your name, your phone number, and say that we'll take care of it. And it turned out that, you know, the person called. We did take care of it. And the good thing, that it's really good that we didn't just run away and not have integrity because it, the person that we hit, it turned out to be a friend of a friend's truck. So how awful that would have been to have been the, you know, you know, it just, it's just not a good thing. So no, we all face these kinds of situations. And there's always been times when we make the less courageous choice. And we don't want to shirk integrity because anytime you do that, you're going to feel an inner discomfort. And the price of letting yourself fall out of integrity is sort of a self-alienation. It's an uneasy sense of being out of alignment with your higher self. And you're not really your whole self. So this is like a surefire prescription for losing touch with your inner being and really being in communication with who you are as a person. So you you don't deserve to have that uh, disconnection with integrity. And it's just so important to always have that integrity. So what is the path to integrity? Well, there are many questions and there are many things that can help trigger inner wisdom when you're trying to follow your heart and make decisions with integrity. And these are some that I've used that I feel that will help guide you as well. Now, as we were talking earlier is to use affirmations, there are so many wise beings that have existed and lived before us, people like Buddha, Jesus, um, you know, Rumi, many, many, many people, the sages like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, and they have offered us some heart-opening windows into the meaning of integrity. So the best reason to learn from these teachers and texts is to be inspired by inquiry and courage. So if you find a teacher whose wisdom touches your heart, notice what they say about the issues that concern you, write it down, and then go back to it again and again so you will be there when you really need it. So in other words, these words of wisdoms really hit you where they need to be. And you understand uh, what it means to you and how you can act upon that in the world. One of the things I like to read self-help books and I love to read books of history because it's amazing how many incredible, incredible minds have been out there. And as Dr. Bernie Siegel had said to me when I was writing my book, Be the Star You Are, that there's nothing new in the world. There's just new ways of looking at things, new ways of thinking about things, and new ways of presenting things. I just find that by reading history, by reading biographies, by reading autobiographies, and by reading affirmations and quotes from people who have been there, done that, and who have lived with integrity, that I personally have an arsenal of tools whenever I get stuck, that I can just go to them. It's like I, my mind, my heart, my soul automatically goes to this place and it finds something of worth, something of, that's good that I can apply to that situation. So what would a good person do? This is something you could ask yourself when you're in a situation that you're not sure which path to take. Do I go right? Do I go left? You want to identify people who live in ways that you would like to emulate. And if they're a person from the past who lived in ways 
Who do you know who is alive today who is consistently helpful and kind? Who do you know who has the strength or can stand up to hard times? And they're very buoyant. You know, they bounce back. Who do you trust to act skillfully and wisely? And if you know someone like this, you can act yourself. What would that person do? And if you're not inspired by people in your life, then you can go to history, as I've already said, and read people who inspired you then. Was it Mother Teresa? Was it Gandhi? You know, and it doesn't even have to be a really famous person. If you've just read about somebody who just lived a life of, of true integrity, always really standing for the right, then go to that. My father was a huge, huge inspiration to me. And he's really my role model of who I am today. And he, I really believe that I am who I am because of, of the way that he lived his life, which his handshake was his contract. I never knew him to actually have to sign a contract. And he was a farmer who had to have lots of contracts for his crops every year because getting a, a paycheck depended on it. Yet the way that he operated, if he shook hands with you and said, we have a deal, we have a deal. And that's the way I always operated my life. Now, obviously, we live today in uh, this century, and everybody is a little bit more litigious, and people aren't always filled with integrity, perhaps as much as they were in the past. And so we have to have written contracts. But even though I write my contracts today, I still live by that premise. If my agent calls and has a a job for me that pays $100 and then, you know, an hour later I get a call from a different agent or speaking a job for the same time that pays twice or three times or more, I still have to take the job that I said yes to. So I never go back on my word. And this is what I learned from my dad. Now, What would give you the most joy in any situation? Think about that. Living with integrity means considering which action would give you happiness. What feels natural and right to you? When something feels wrong for you personally, you know, assuming that you're not resisting it out of being lazy or fearful, you probably shouldn't do it. You know how people say, I'm going with my gut? Well, how often have you gone with your gut and it's been wrong? Usually you get that feeling in your stomach and when you get that feeling, you should really go with it because normally that is, that is absolutely the truth. So it's a choice time and the next time that you have that deep, deep feeling way in your gut, go with the, the feeling that you think is best. I'm sure that's going to be the right one and it's the one that's going to give you the most pleasure. Maybe you've been meditating every night And you know how important meditating is for you. But, you know, tonight a friend calls and you haven't seen them in a while. They've been from out of town. or And you really feel like spending time with them. Think about what would give you most joy right now. Do you need to meditate or you need to be with that friend? Whatever your answer is, it's going to be the right answer because it's the right answer for you. So I guess what I'm also trying to say is don't do what you think is the right answer for someone else. Always really feel what is the right answer for your integrity because if it works for you, it really should be best for everybody else too. Now, how is this going to serve your highest desires, your highest powers, and and your highest motivations? You need to think about that. 
your sense of integrity has a lot to do with feeling that you are contributing to the world. Your motivation to help others to be the best person you can be. These are desires that help you stay true to yourself. I mean, this is one reason why I founded Be The Star You Are charity. My goal was to help others. And, you know, the interesting thing about it that I didn't learn until after the fact was that the more I was helping others, the more I felt better myself. So it was really a paradigm of life that the more I helped others, the more I helped myself. It doesn't seem that it would be that way, but that has been the reality. When you need to set priorities or feel confused about the right action, try asking yourself, does what I'm about to do align with what my longing to be my best self is? Will this serve others in the situation? Will this decision produce growth? And finally, will this hurt anybody? You don't ever want any of your decisions to hurt other people. And again, we want to be the stars we are. And again, the final thing is, what will align us with our true self? The deepest form of integrity comes from being in contact with your inner being, with your own spiritual core. As you know, I was in that movie called Tapping the Source, and it really is about the source. Different reactions call it different things. The heart, the higher self, the Tao, the true self, the Buddha nature, you know, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. You, you just want to get, get access to that part of you, which is your true source for the right action. So at the end of the day, it's through your connection with that inner core, that source, that you will discover your true integrity as a human being. And when you discover your true integrity, you will say, I am being true to myself. And then you can loudly proclaim that you are the star of your own life. So be the star you are. Well, thank you so much for being fantastic listeners and being with us every week here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Heather and I love being your personal growth success coaches, you bringing you the expert advice, bringing you fun, bringing you success, bringing you health matters so that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. To book a consultation with me at Star Style Productions, you can visit star-style.com or you can call the studio 925-377-STAR. We really would love you to make a donation to our Trick or Treat for Literacy campaign to give books to children in children's hospitals. Contact Be The Star You Are at btsya.org or be the star you are.org. As always, my aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are a star. And cherish the past. Dream of the future, but celebrate today. And until next week, when we will play again in our playground, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program. Star Style, be the star you are. 
We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.